It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the first edition of Full Throttle, the new bike racing podcast at Eurosport and we're going to be starting this week with myself Greg Haynes and James Whittam looking back on the Thai World Superbike round. We're in the commentary box, we've just gone off air on Eurosport 2 and James will kick off then with the race review. So race weekend review then from Thailand to Quite different races, actually, and very different to what we saw in Australia a month ago. Yep, I think uh, two reasons for that. The rule changes have made everything a lot closer, which has meant that the reverse grid in race two has had more of an effect than we've seen so far. Uh, so I think there's your two uh, reasons. Uh, I think it made for good racing. There was lots and lots of good scraps uh, and not such a spread out field, which is good to see. Yeah, and obviously there's been a few talking points, haven't there, about whether this is because people are improving or Kawasaki's been penalised by the new regulations. I personally think it's a bit of both. What it's do you definitely think? a bit of both, yeah. Kawasaki have definitely been penalised. Uh, they've had a fair um, RPM drop from their race bike last year. However, other people, other teams have had almost the same and have had to get their head around the same problem. So I think you're dead right. It's a, it's a little bit of both. Kawasaki have had to try and make up in other places where they're losing out on the engine and uh, other people have kind of made especially Yamaha I'm thinking at this yeah, point yeah. Have, have definitely made some improvements well Charlie has got our man down in the pit lane he's been doing a great job hasn't he this weekend Absolutely. Charlie with the grid walks for yep. the first time he spoke with Pereriba at the end of race two Jonathan Ray's crew chief Pereriba and here's what he had to say uh, honestly I'm happy I said to Johnny uh that uh, he make a big effort and uh, he finished the race with some problem and uh, like this is the way to win the championship. I mean, you have to finish, you have to make the effort to always finish the, the races. You know, I'm a little bit disappointed because we know he feels better with the bike about uh, chassis, about the final package, but we have a small issue with, uh, with the front brake. You know, Johnny... This year, the regulation brings us, let me say, uh, to be uh, more demanding on the, on the chassis side, on the brake side. This is one track uh, very critical. Uh, yesterday, Johnny uh, started in the front and um, he was uh, doing the own rhythm and, uh, you know, a little bit more smooth everything. But starting from ninth position in the first laps, you have to be a little bit aggressive or aggressive to overtake other riders. Then, you know... Uh, my first impression is, uh, I believe, 90% sure that uh, you know the temperature in the in the all package 
of the front brake becomes a little bit too high and then this is, you know, the, the lever comes close, he cannot stop the bike, he's not braking. Then when uh, he just uh, keep going and riding a little bit different, calipers go uh, a little bit lower with the temperature and uh, becomes not the same but much better. I mean, uh, okay, mm, we have to learn, we have to keep learning. I mean, what is clear is that this track compared to last year, only about the engine we lose about, uh, let me say, between three and four tenths, only the engine, because we have been penalized a lot with the new rules, and then we have to recover that with somewhere, you know, I mean, uh, and one of the points is braking. Last year we had no one problem with the brakes, and, uh, okay, yesterday was no problem. During the practice is not a problem. Okay, maybe, uh, you know, we, we, we didn't been thinking about. Then, uh, okay, it's something I learned, and uh, I'm sure it's not going to happen again. Well, there you go, then. It sounds like it was a similar problem to what Sykes had with the brakes on on, uh, on Monday, on Saturday. Yeah, it's a strange thing, uh, because these are standard brakes. Uh, these are... They're not carbon brakes. They're not the most technical advanced brakes you can get in motorcycles. Uh, that's carbon fibre. Uh, that's in MotoGP. Uh, these are steel uh, rotors with uh, yeah. pad material, but, but they are still better than the standard stuff, and you wouldn't expect to have that many problems. However, here there is a couple of really sharp braking points we are breaking down from perhaps 185, 190 miles an hour down to perhaps 50 miles an hour. So that's that's big, heavy braking, and it's warm, and that puts more heat into things, so maybe it's that. Uh, Perry actually said there that it was because the engine is strong that yeah. they've had to improve the braking. So, yeah, there's, there's, you've got to make up other ways when you're losing out for whatever reason. OK, so let's move on to the next segment of this all-new Full Throttle podcast here at Eurosport. It's Rider of the Day. Right, we always do Rider of the Day when we're on air over the weekend. You gave it to Chavi Forres on Saturday, and yep. then today, uh, different Rider of the Day and Rider of the Weekend as well. So who you gone for and why? Yeah, Rider of the Day for me uh, today is Randy Krumanaka in Supersport. Uh, really impressed with him. Uh, I've always liked him. He speaks really softly. He's, he's not your typical kind of bike racer, not cocky or brash in any way. So you sound, you're kind of warm to him. Uh, quite intelligent lad. Uh, but you wouldn't have him down for a last lap, last corner uh, what slugfest with the guy who's just won the championship last year who is a hard rider this is my highest we're talking about Yeah, and he did and he came out on top and uh, fair play to him so I've got him down as uh, the rider of the day for Sunday rider of the weekend and this is just in the in the uh, interest of fairness really I, I picked three different riders Um is rider of the weekend Chaz Davis just because he's got his season right back on track after his crash in Philip Island and I'm dead pleased for him and first time we've not seen a Kawasaki in the race today. First time we haven't seen a Kawasaki actually winning in eight races in Thailand. That's significant as well. Yeah, and you don't want any, you don't wish anybody any harm, uh, especially in racing, uh, and that goes for the teams as well as the riders. But when you've got a little bit of diversity and we're sat here having a conversation about we couldn't pick a yeah. rider of the day yeah. and we couldn't pick a winner, well, that, that's that's brilliant for everybody. Yeah, and. OK, some people are saying in a way the results have got a familiar look about them. We've had Melandry winning, Davis and Ray, but we've had three different winners from four races, yep. seven different riders on the podium. I mean, Forrest has been up there, two Yamahas on been the podium up there. Yeah, there's, It's there's, great. Yeah, there's lots lots to get excited about. Um, um, like when you look at it in black and white on paper and you don't look at the times in between, yeah. well, yeah, you'd think, yeah, same winners. But actually, I think there's a bit more to it than that. 
Okay, what else should we talk about over the weekend? I mean, there are, have been lots of talking points. We cannot ignore Honda, can we? Red Bull Honda. Jake Gagné is getting better all the time. But Leon Camio, what a star performer. He was actually running second in the first race. And what was it, a fourth and, and a sixth in the end? Brilliant. Yeah, I think I think uh, race two, I think he panicked a little bit. He said he was going to make some changes to the bike overnight. Uh, but, however, they weren't going to be big changes because he was really satisfied with his pace in race one, obviously. Um a fourth was a brilliant ride and and not a distant fourth that was a good fourth in sight of the the, the winner you know and for a long time was lying second and looking like he could challenge for the lead um so they didn't make any big changes uh but whatever they did either didn't work or i in my opinion i just think he went off pole because of the reverse grid yeah um and i, and I think he just panicked a little bit and i think he got spooked a little bit there was a, a little bit of close racing early on and he just didn't get into his rhythm early on uh, that's what it looked like to me anyway i might be wrong and i'm sorry if i've got it uh, wrong there leon um, but really good to see him competitive yeah I must admit and good for the team we like the team we got on well mostly a Dutch team they really look after yeah. us when we're at meetings they've got really good coffee in there <laughs> and they're really funny lads as well they're really uh, uh, kind of uh, they're just nice nice company uh, is that team so I, I, I'm, I'm pleased for them yeah good coffee and good frappuccinos as well yes, I love yes. those at the yes. European rounds and obviously the European season starts at Motorland Aragon Next time out, it was interesting as well having in the Eurosport studio back in London, Matt Roberts was joined by Shaky Byrne and Gino Rea this weekend as well. Some really interesting insight from both of those guys. Yeah, I mean, Shaky knows what he's doing in, in this respect. He's been in the, the studio a long time, very analytical, and he's got the kind of um, pedigree to, to back that up. Uh, Gino, I've known for some time now, and um, going back more than 10 years, and he is very analytical, very intelligent. Uh, didn't look like he was enjoying himself too much, but but he's, he's actually really good at, at doing that. He comes out, made some really good points, spotted some really kind of subtle things that they got talking yeah, about, and I yeah, was really, really interested to, really to know. And, and, and worked well with, with Shane as well. Because some riders, I mean, a lot of riders are excellent riders, but they don't always know how to explain what they're doing, but those guys do. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I think do. I think it's more important these days to, to be a little bit analytical. They have a lot more to think about than what um, riders in my day ever did. Uh, electronics were just coming through as I retired uh, mm. in terms of traction control. We had data acquisition for the last 10 years of my career, but there's a lot more to it now in getting everything working together. And I think you've, you've um, I think being a bit more intelligent as a rider is a bigger advantage now than what it, it was sort of 20 years ago. Well, this podcast is all new. It's split up into five different sections. We've had the race weekend review, we've had rider of the day, and now for something a little bit different the star tweet. So as you probably know, across the weekend, we're always taking questions on Twitter at, at Eurosport UK and James is taking on... Taking uh, questions, taking flack as well. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes more of that than questions. Uh, James is on Jim Witt 69 and I'm on Greg Haynes TV. But I think uh, this one has got to go to Dave Picknell for this weekend. He tweeted in when he was watching the Eurosport highlight show on Saturday afternoon back yep. in the UK. Uh, and he spotted that it was a problem with Marco Melandri's boot that had caused the problem, the crash in Super Bowl. Yeah, normally when you get a situation like this, I would say, well, in our defence, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> this is why we didn't spot it. But in actual fact, we should have, I should have spotted it, you should have spotted yeah, it, yeah, certainly me, I should have spotted it. Um, <laughs> and in the studio, they actually said it was an odd crash and it was an odd crash. Yeah. Looked to me like uh, the front had gone, the front had tucked, and then the bodywork sometimes touches the floor, or it does touch the floor, and then it sometimes lifts the rear up first and the, the rear spins out. Yeah. Looked like that to me. We only got to see it once, in actual fact. Uh, we never got to watch it again. But, yeah, Dave spotted 
with Hawkeye efficiency <laughs> that did. it was the <laughs> fact that Melandry turned into the corner, the, uh, his toe slider got ripped off, that went straight, unluckily for Melandry, went straight under the back wheel, that yeah. jumped it in the air about an inch, kicked it sideways and down he went. Uh, so, yeah, well spotted, Dave. And it was really well spotted. Well done again, Dave. But it was actually pretty critical because that left him down in, what, was it seventh on the grid, I think, for Melandry this weekend? He was on a really good lap. He could have had pole with that lap. So who Yeah, but in actual fact, I think with the problems that they had with that uh, Ducati, anyway. I, I don't think he had any hope of finishing top six. I just don't. He finished yeah. seventh and eighth, and I think top six would have been really uh, the... I don't think it was going to be possible this weekend just because of the instability of the bike. It was definitely holding him up. So I don't think it was going to, it was ever going to help him win any race that weekend. It was where he started on the grid. Which takes us on very nicely, actually, to our fourth of our five segments, which is Tech Talk. So, this Ducati instability situation, I've never seen anything quite like it. It was like a bucking bronco. We talked about buckaroo and the hippie hippie shakes and all sorts of other silly things. But it was all over the place in yeah. Australia and in Thailand. Yeah, one thing you find about a race bike compared to a road bike is uh, a, a, a race bike will be really unstable uh, on the straight parts. But that doesn't mean you can't hold it flat out. Yeah. Uh, there's a compromise with racing. You need to turn quick and you need to be good in the corners and you'll do that at the expense of a little bit of stability on the straights because you can cling on to it. It's lovely if you've got a really yeah, nice, st yeah. stable bike on the straights, but what you don't want is a big, long, lazy geometry bike that you can take your hands off on the straights that won't turn around a corner. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, but it looks to me like Melandi, there's definitely an inherent problem there. And the, the, the thing is, it's not like it's an inherent problem with that bike as such because you've got Chas Davis's teammate, no problem. He's a big lad, though. And no problem at and all. And no problem for as, ever, as far as I can. Yeah, exactly. Really weird. So it is a problem for Melandri's bike. They need to look at the differences, look at where the weight distribution is, where he sits on the bike. I think it'd be a really good thing to get in a wind tunnel and, and see, mm. just get him moving around on the bike, see if that has any effect because aerodynamics at 200 miles an hour can be a big thing and that's not just you're talking on the side of the bikes as well in fact the side of the bike's a big flat area and that can have all sorts of effects um but th there's something wrong it could be something even as innocuous as a, a steering damper that's re if you get a steering damper that somebody's turned on to full yeah. and the bike the, the handlebars won't move yeah that makes you unstable. That sounds weird because yeah, you put your yeah, steering damper on there to be stable. But it can be you'd an old. They've checked it though, wouldn't you? By now, it's something that simple they would have yeah. checked. It. It's something that isn't that easy to sort out because them lads are not idiots. They're very clever technicians. Um, but there's something, and they need to sort it out. They need to put effort in because it is now. I mean, if it was just wobbling and it was winning races like it was in Philip Island, I said, yeah, we put up with that. Yeah. But actually, this is costing him time. Now. And he even said it was making it difficult to breathe on the straights as well. Yeah, because you clean onto a bike that <laughs> doesn't want to go straight. Yeah, really strange one. So let's see whether I can get that sorted out for Aragon. And that takes us on then to the final lap. So it is the final lap. James, we're off air now with Eurosport, as I mentioned before. It has been a remarkable weekend. A little bit cooler yesterday than it was today. Um, obviously still really hot and humid, but just a little bit cooler, a bit of a breeze around the place. What are your thoughts general, uh, generally then after this weekend and looking ahead now to Aragon in three weeks' time? There are people with work to do, there's no doubt. There's people with a lot of work to do. There's people who have probably... Uh... Uh, going to come away from the flyways really encouraged and I'm thinking probably Yamaha in this case uh, lots of people upbeat actually lots of people saying look it's uh, like Camia and Davis saying it's brilliant close racing can't wait to get back to Europe my season's really up and running now uh, so it's mainly positive for me I would say even Jonathan Ray yes he had a problem in race two 
and he didn't run away with it in race one. However, he's still up there in the championship. He knows it's a long way to go and, and he knew it was going to be closer anyway because of the reg changes. I don't want to say too much about this, but we will just mention it because we are aware of it at the moment, the Eugene Laverty situation. Um, now, probably by the time you hear this, you will have more information. But what we know right now as we record this on Sunday afternoon is that he did come off on his own at around turn six. Sean Muir, the team principal, spoke with Charlie Hiscott after race two. Jordi Torres rode over the back, unfortunately, of Eugene Laverty. So what's the latest, James, in terms of medical updates? Uh, I know as much as you. Um, yeah. He got clobbered in the back um, by Jordi Torres, uh, but getting run over anywhere as always. I mean, these, the bikes were 170 kilos, best part of, and the, the rider on top of that, probably another 80 or 70 kilos. Uh, so... Yeah, that that's that's big weight to eat. Yeah, see him in the back. He couldn't. They were really worried because he couldn't actually feel his his lower legs yeah, at, at one yeah. point. He he's got that feeling back now, which is brilliant. Um, how badly he's injured, I, w- I wouldn't even want to comment. And all I can do is, like everybody else, wish him all the best. He's away to Buriram Hospital at the minute, and yeah. uh, it's never good to end up in hospital. But when you're abroad and this far away yeah, from yeah. from Europe, it's it's a it's not a good thing. Yeah, best wishes then with Eugene Laverty. Joy Torres, we do know is okay. He did also go for a medical check, but he's been passed fully as fit by the medical director, Monica Lazzarotti. And now then, we move ahead to Aragon in three weeks' time and BSB first at Donington next weekend. Very quickly then, let's talk very quickly first about BSB. A lot to look forward to this year. Yeah, massive lot to look forward to. Um, every class is going to be really good. New things we've got going on is Super Sport 300, going to be brilliant. Yep. Entry, level, entry level racing uh, at BSB. Uh, th- that's been a real success in Europe this last year and I think it's going to be the same in the UK. Same rules. We might get, I think we might see a, a few European Maybe not this year, but I think in years uh, to come, I think we're going to see Europeans coming through uh, to use BSB as a stepping stone in that 300 class. I think that's a good move. Uh, big changes in Super Sport. Um, Super Sport itself stays the same, but there's another race within that race, and they're calling it GP2. So mm, basically, mm, yeah. you can run a Motor 2 bike, uh, wherever you've got it from, CEV, CIV, or wherever you've got it straight from Motor 2, uh, GP. Um, you can run that. It's a different. They can run slicks. They're a lighter bike, but they're not as powerful a bike. We've seen a little bit of that with the Spirit in last year with Celia Board. Uh, that's going to be interesting. But there is two races within that race. I think they're very much looking at it. And Sue Higgs is looking at it as though it's going to be the replacement class for the outgoing Super Sport class because the manufacturers are not on well, Yamaha are building a, a Super Sport yeah. bike now. So uh, yeah, that's good and. Super bike class, uh, we're looking forward to, quite simply, the most competitive championship there's ever been. On paper, this you cannot call. It's going to be fantastic for for uh, for what it's worth. Josh Brooks is my tip at the moment. Who's yours? If you had to put money on someone right if now. To, if I had to put money, top three, I think, uh, are going to be... You, you, you've got to look at Haslam, Byrne and Brooks. Probably Brooks sneaking it, but I'm doing a disservice there to my yeah. mate Leon and my <laughs> mate Shaky, so you'd never call it. Who's going to make up the final three in that showdown almost impossible and shoot for the say. championship yeah. any one of 11 or 12 riders we discussed it last night yeah. and it's almost impossible to call yeah, it's going to be brilliant so that's BSB this coming weekend at Donington watch out for that live and exclusive on Eurosport and then very quickly of course two weeks after that World Superbikes continues with Motorland Aragon for my money the most interesting thing there I think probably for the championship in general is what happens at the end of the weekend and who gets docked 250 revs it's the first time it can happen this year yeah that's right Um, uh, as these performance points where they're added up and 
uh, if you if you dominate in a championship, you get revs docked, and if you're not doing so well, uh, i.e., you've not scored any points, you are given technical information and help mm. to get you going and make your bike a little bit more competitive. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, I don't know just how it stands at the minute. I'm worked out the the kind of permutations, but clearly it's Kawasaki and it's Ducati as a manufacturer. I'm not talking about Melandri and Davis, but Ducati yeah. as a manufacturer are doing best having won four out of the first, sorry, three out of the first four races. So we'll see what happens. They might be docked 250 revs. I don't just know how it's going to work out at the end of Aragon. We will see. We've got to rush things because we've got a trip home. Our production team is probably getting impatient because I've got to go and rush and do some highlights links for our highlight show, uh, which you would have seen by now on Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening. Uh, stay tuned then. Thanks for everything we're over the weekend. Cheers, Thanks Gabe. to Charlie in particular as well down in the pit lane. Great stuff. And we will be on air from Donington Park with BSB, their new season starting this weekend. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.